Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast, episode number 120. That's 120 Felt Recoil Podcasts. Could be the last one. Could very well be the last one, but we're glad to have you here. Hey, wait. Why is everyone applauding? Uh, you don't want to know. I'll tell you why it could be the last one in just a few minutes. First, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. My name is Chris. Across from me is Patrick. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm so anxious, I don't know what to do. Really leaned over here. Uh, we are recovering in the upstate. You got to sit up straight, Chris. I'm trying. You got to enunciate. You got to project. You need distinctiveness. You need snap. That's right. Fighting off a panic attack. It is election eve. We're on the heels of a massively violent windstorm that swept the upstate of South Carolina. Trees are down everywhere. There's nothing to be done to help anyone. That's not true. You just go out and help people. Um, we've been, this is, we just got power back hours ago in my house. Lucky uh, for all five of you listening. We, we don't live in the rich part of town, so we didn't get power back as quick as you did, Patrick. Mm. But mm-hmm. we did get it back today. Y- there's a way you can fix that. It's Stop called, being poor. It's called money. <laughs> gotcha. You should get some. I'm, I'm going to try as soon as this is over. Um, tree went through our neighbor's house, pinned him, pinned him to the couch. He was on the couch the tree fell on with his wife. Had to call 911 from under the tree. Not an exaggeration. Pretty terrible stuff. That's pretty wild. Uh, so, you know, we can gripe all we want about it. It's been cold. We lost a refrigerator full of food and all that. Nah, it doesn't matter. That didn't happen to us. Our house is in good shape. Kids are fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's healthy. So I got nothing to complain about. Uh, But the fight is on for solar power. So anyway, I do want to say that we're going to make the American Red Cross our charity of choice this week. Despite, um, and I'm going to keep it separate because I got to say something else after this. But um, I had good reason to make Operation Underground Railroad our charity of choice again this week. Um, but I think that's going to stand on its own because Facebook is taking action against Operation Underground Railroad. I want you to know about that. We'll talk about it here in just a second. But uh, don't forget that the American Red Cross shows up in neighborhoods like yours and mine when disaster strikes in the U.S., when people need things. The American Red Cross is a great organization to support, uh, and they help everybody all around the world. They're good people, so consider them. Um so we had the windstorm, which leads me to say that if you're if you're looking for a flashlight, do you have it? Where did I? Oh, here it's it right is. right over there. Thank you. I go, I'm lazy. I don't do a lot of homework about things. So I literally go up to the guy at work that knows everything. <laughs> I said, hey, uh, just sell me our best flashlight, would you? Uh, and he said, well, what do you want out of it? And I said, I, I want it to be LED, and I want it to charge via USB. That's all I really care about. Because um, in our house, we were, you and I were just talking, we, we keep the goal zero stuff around the house. So I've got the Venture 70, and it'll charge, right? It'll charge these little guys. Um, just plug that in, and you can be like, this thing is super impressive. So if you're looking for an everyday carry flashlight and you're thinking, I like to buy once, cry once, I want something that's going to last forever, uh, this isn't a commercial for this thing, but after five days of a power outage, 
Um, I'm going to give this double thumbs up, five stars, because it's a um, 250 or 500 or 1,000 lumens. You can do constant on. You can do momentary at its highest level. So if you're looking to either blind an adversary or, in my case, over the last few days, what I would do was actually go out at night and look at my trees to see if there was anything more likely to fall. I, I feel like it's easier to see it at night illuminated to see each branch than go out in the day and try and see. Or maybe I just wanted to play with my new flashlight. That's probably I, it. I don't know. It's got a pocket clip you can reverse. So you can either have it go in bezel down or bezel up. I chose to go bezel down. Kind of puts the beefier part of the flashlight into the pocket rather than at the top of the pocket, which kind of makes getting your hand in a little bit harder. Uh, and then it has a lockout feature. You can turn the whole thing off. Nobody can turn it on until you unlock it. And then uh, it's got a programmable feature. So you can either have it when you when you press the on button, it can be at its lowest setting, or you can reverse that and make it when you press the on button, it's at its highest setting. And you just, if you press it rapidly, uh, it'll go either you know from 250 to 1,000 or it'll go from 1,000 to 250. And it does have strobe, which is always hard for me. I can never... This one's not too bad, but it's like a three-tap strobe. One, two, three, and then you hold, and you get your strobe effect on the 1,000. So big thanks to Phantom for helping me find that, but uh, also big kudos to Surefire for getting it right on that flashlight. It's called the Stiletto Pro. If you're looking for one, we'll link to it on our Facebook page, I guess. We can do that, right? If you buy through the link we'll post, uh, that would help support the podcast. So you can give that a once-over. What are your thoughts holding it there, Elon? Um, so I've held, so there's actually two models. There's a stiletto and then the stiletto pro I've held the, the, uh, lesser of the two, which is a polymer housing. This is a little more rugged. This is like an aluminum housing. Uh It's got a little more heft to it. Um, I like this because this is the first flashlight I've ever seen. That's kind of flat. So it actually wears in your pocket, like a pocket knife. Rather yes. than this uh, having you know a tubular type flashlight in your pocket, yeah, I guess that's well worth pointing out is that it's not shaped like your typical flashlight. It's not a round tube. And the other thing too, you can do with this um, if you were to keep the the clip oriented the other way, uh, is you can actually clip this onto a hat and onto the brim of a hat and use it as a. Not just, a bad idea at all. Just something to consider. Well, I just told you a minute because ago. It's flat. That's the one thing I regret not having. I don't have a good headlamp. Uh, that would have done it. You'd I'd have to turn the clip around from Little the way did I you used know. it, huh? You had one the whole time. I'm not a good what scientists call thinker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. More I would of, agree. More of what my wife calls a bumbling moron. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would make total sense that you could do that. Yep. Hmm. I might have to pick one of these up myself. I would do it. Okay. So, anyway, power's back. We're here, and it is election eve. Um, We're going to mainly talk election stuff. So, let's put that on the the back burner for a second. Let me just tell you something, just so you're aware, because we could use some help. Operation Underground Railroad is a charity you hear us mention a lot here, uh, near and dear to my heart. I'm part of their volunteer team. So I've done video work and photography work for them that they've been able to use in their newsletters and on their YouTube page and things like that. I've been fortunate to meet Humble the team. Humble brag. Humble brag. Um, 
Yeah, maybe a little bit. It was back before they were cool. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of fun. Is um, That is true. This isn't uh, a new thing for you. You've been volunteering with them for a while now. A while, yeah. It's about five years ago now, I'd say. We had just had our oldest son. He's eight now. So it was six, seven years ago, I'd say. Uh, made him a video and took some photos. Anyway, really nice people. Got a chance to meet them. It was eye-opening to me. I didn't realize how prevalent this sickness is in America. Maybe because I didn't want it to be. Anyway, um, just so you're aware, as of last week, because of its politics, Facebook has started banning groups, events, and the pages of administrators for volunteer groups for Operation Underground Railroad. So people's profiles are being locked out. Um, Events are being deleted. Um, Ads for events are being declined and pulled down. And Facebook is saying it's because OUR has always, well, at least in recent memory, has always used the Save Our Children hashtag or Save the Children hashtag. Uh, save our kids, save the kids, save our kids, whatever. Um, and now Facebook is saying because of QAnon and that conspiracy that goes around about the elite pedophile rings, which, by the way, is not necessarily a full-blown conspiracy. There's a large element of truth to that. I feel like I feel like that one pretty much been cracked wide open yeah, in I the mean, last look at year Epstein, and a half. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You look at what happened with Wayfair. Where oh, people yeah. were going, oh, this is how they sell children. Now, we don't know what happened with Wayfair. It is under federal investigation. Except that it disappeared almost instantaneously. And in the middle of it all, Tim Ballard, who started Operation Underground Railroad, also opened my eyes to the fact that kids are sold that way. People make websites where they pretend they're selling items that are not children, furniture, pets, things of that nature. And then they use descriptives that let the buyer know exactly what they're getting out of the deal. And so, anyway. Um, the, it the, makes those conspiracies feel a lot less conspiratorial. Exactly we'll right. There's there's at least an element of truth in them, right? Like, and maybe that's the case with every conspiracy theory. I mean, there's definitely aliens out there somewhere, but are they in New Mexico? That kind of thing. Am I right? You're right, yes. Okay. They definitely are out there. Thank you. <laughs> We definitely didn't the land. X-Files theme. We definitely didn't land on the moon, but where did we land? Uh, Those people went somewhere. Block of cheese. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, not to make too light of it, the point is Facebook is deleting those groups. They're deleting the pages. They're locking out admins. They're denying ads, and they're trying to say it's because of QAnon. I don't necessarily believe that, but what I do believe is that the people that know enough to tell us how to act, have said you have to contact politicians. You have to contact news agencies. You have to let people know so that, that it gets really, really loud. So if you're up for it and you feel like it, just email everybody you can Isn't and just say, why is this happening? That they can shadow ban these uh, hashtags and different things and groups and people associated with the movement. They can They can take all of that and just whitewash it in a day. Mm-hmm. But yet the pedophiles that operate with impunity on websites like Twitter and Facebook and the like don't seem to face any consequences. Not at all. Not ever. It just to me is kind of striking. It, it seems a little bit. I mean, it, to me, I think that puts fuel on the fire mm-hmm. for the conspiracy theorists. 
because you if if you're gonna if you're going to ban those types of things, to me, I think it only makes people want to search that out more, and and that's been true with many other conspiracies in the past. Uh, YouTube started locking down tons of videos a couple years ago. It kind of started with like the nine eleven truther stuff, and then yes. Uh, it slowly kind of moved into uh, the aliens created the pyramids and all the typical stuff that's on the History Channel after 8 p.m. Uh, but you can't find any of that stuff on YouTube anymore. Right. And and I, I feel like that level of censorship has now bled into every other social media. And I don't I don't think it does us any favors. And, and I'm not saying that because I want to sit around and watch uh, videos about who killed Kennedy all day. I'm saying let people come to their own conclusions. Right. If we can't be free to do that, what's the point? Somebody was saying recently that you don't pull those things down. You, you answer them with the truth. Right. You know, you have to let, leave them out there so that those ideas can exist, but then you have to create your content that contains the truth and you fight the, the conspiracies with the truth. And that's the problem with, you know, the things like QAnon talks about. You look at Epstein. And and by any logical circumstantial examination, it's easy to draw the conclusion, which I think is valid, that in all likelihood, Bill Clinton partook in some of those illicit what and illegal. I know you're crazy. I know you are. You are crazy. Uh, but here's what we do know for a fact about Bill Clinton: is he will exploit people under by he will use his power to sexually exploit women. We know that for a fact. No, Chris. Yes. He did not have sexual relations with that woman. Well, it depends on what the definition of is, is. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's the you, absurdity you of Bill one. Clinton, right? So we know that he's he's down for that. If he can use his power and prestige to exploit someone sexually, he'll do it. And then he'll lie about it. Uh, we know he was on that plane a whole bunch. Uh, we know he's on visitor logs. What other benefit would he have to be friends with a guy like Epstein? Right. And there's a picture of him being massaged, albeit his shoulders. He's still being massaged by a girl who was being exploited by Epstein. So it's not, this isn't a conspiracy. This isn't something you just make up and say, oh, I bet this happened. No, no, no. There's enough circumstantial evidence that I b would believe a jury of his peers would really have to discuss whether the guy's guilty of pedophilia or not, or at least engaging in the sex trade practice, okay? So if you want to draw that line, I, I, it's hard for me to, you know, pedophilia being with, with a child, but you're still, you know, if you're involved in the sex trade, if you're hiring a, a prostitute at any point, you're, you're engaging in rape. That's a, that person is a slave to someone, you're paying to rape them. Whether you want to look at it that way or not, that's exactly what's happening. And so anyway, it's an evil, vile thing that these people partake in. They want us to, it's gaslighting, right? Like they want yeah. us to feel like we're crazy because we talk about it. And they want to be able to go, oh, yeah, that's absurd. There's, that's just not true. It's not the way it is. It's not the way, but the reality is right in our face. It's right in our face. So anyway, shame on Facebook. Uh, they're very. You can't contact a person at Facebook. So, one person I'd recommend, by the way, is email Ted Cruz. And if you see someone talking about this on Facebook, tag Ted Cruz in it. We can make enough noise. Ted Cruz is already mad enough at Facebook and Twitter. He did a great job this yep. past week, uh, grilling old Jack there. 
maybe he'll uh, he'll get involved. Okay, tomorrow, today, depending, maybe yesterday on when you're listening, we uh, record these on Monday nights, release them early Tuesdays. So it is election day at any point. Have you already voted? I haven't. You're going to vote in real time? Yes. Prediction about the lines? Um. They're probably still going to be pretty long, even though I think somewhere around 90-plus million people have already voted, allegedly. Yeah. Which I don't really understand. I'm just going to throw this out there because I, I thought Election Day was a day. It's kind of like my wife likes to celebrate her birthday month. There you go. Not her birthday day. Mm. And I let that happen. She had parents like me. Because I, <laughs> Cause that's how I treat my kids. Birthday month. Because I love her, I let that happen. Mm-hmm. You believe that, right? Yeah, why not? Um, why are you winking at me? <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know how we got to a point where it's acceptable that we vote for a month ahead of time, and then potentially, depending on where you live, a week after. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening to something on the way over, and... Uh, they were talking about how in Pennsylvania, um, the early votes have not been tallied yet, period. They have not counted them. They will start counting them tomorrow. Because they're not legally allowed to do it until election day. Yeah. Right. And so they're saying the turnout has been so large, and then they expect so many more people to show up on the actual election day that they don't believe that the, the ballots will be counted in time. And so... Everyone's a buzz with this whole concept that we're not going to know who won Pennsylvania, which is a big swing state, so potentially the entire election, until those votes are counted. And no one really knows or can predict when that might be, mm-hmm. which is very bizarre to me. It seems like it seems like a way to circumvent whatever the results are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that as some kind of QAnon Trump supporter, I'm saying that as just someone using logic and reason and wondering how we got to a point where it's okay to vote for weeks on end. Well, it's always been legal to vote early. You can vote absentee. Um, you can right. vote by mail, I when, guess. When did the drop boxes come in? Yeah, I think I, I would guess that's recent, but I don't know. I don't know. You're right that it's a, it's a new phenomenon this time around to feel almost pushed towards early voting. So we'd have to unpack exactly why that is. It very much, I, I've i only heard the left telling people to do that. I keep seeing Dave right. Matthews on my Facebook feed because I like his page. I like the band's page. You're a dirty hippie. I am, and he's constantly telling me, get out there and vote early. Get out there and vote early. And I think, okay. And often. Right, yeah, of course. Um, but... I can't figure out why that's so important to the left. Why does it matter to them that we vote early unless, I mean, really there's only two options. They think it'll motivate their people to vote that otherwise wouldn't vote. Because Democrats don't like staying in lines or what? I guess. I mean, or they're just afraid their people will forget. And they want them to understand that you don't have to do it on that day. You can go do it whenever you want to do it. 
So either way, what you're getting at is that Democrats don't have a whole lot of faith in their own voters. They seem very desperate with the push, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how maybe a mixture of the two. I don't ideas. see how that's different from any other time. To be honest, they <laughs> kind of always seem desperate. Yeah. So the polls obviously uh, have Biden up big time, which is enough to make anybody nervous. I think real clear politics. They have an interesting electoral college map you can look at real realclearpolitics dot com, um, and what they've done is they've said based on polling, we think this is solidly how a state will go. The state is likely to go this way or it leans this way or it's a toss-up. Those are all different variables, okay, or, or degrees, I should say. So it can be solidly blue, it can be likely blue, or it can lean blue, and then it can be a toss-up. Based on those analytics on both sides, they have Biden-Harris at 216 and Trump-Pence at 125. What's interesting about the map I'm looking at it correctly, and I believe I am. It's very historically accurate, and it's somewhat right now is representative of the 2000 election between Bush and Gore, which you might remember infamously came down to Florida and all the way to the Supreme Court. Bush won that with just 271 electoral votes. Um he, but here's the kicker. In the 2000 election, which was so close, uh, President Bush won North Carolina and Florida but lost Pennsylvania. Uh, Gore took Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, and New Mexico, which I think, by the way, is a bit of a sleeper, even though it's only five electoral votes. If you don't know, you need 270 Electoral College Votes to Win the Election, 270. It's a great website called 270 to Win. It's actually the number 2702win.com. Um, and you can actually look at the historical presidential election maps, which I happen to have done. And so I want to go over just real quick what I think is the likely outcome and why I'm going to say Trump pulls this off. Because I think the national polls are missing something about Pennsylvania. Although they all say it's close. I think real clear politics would even put Pennsylvania as a toss-up right now. They certainly do. Pennsylvania is 20 electoral college votes. Um, For perspective, California, largest uh, state in the union, is 55. Texas is 38. Um, Florida is 29. So those would be important wins for Trump. If Trump takes Texas and Florida, he likely wins. But if he can take Texas, Florida, and Pennsylvania, I I don't know that he can lose because even the remainder of everything doesn't give Biden-Harris 270, I don't think. But here's why Pennsylvania is important. Everybody, and you've probably already heard other pollsters and and, uh, pundits say, Pennsylvania is the battleground. It's an important battleground state. You know, the last time Pennsylvania went red was 2016 for Trump. Mm-hmm. But when was the last time before that that Trump that it that Pennsylvania ever went red? I couldn't tell you. Okay, I will because I know. 19, That's why I keep you around. 1988. Ah, yes. When 
when for the second time the notorious it went, 1988 battle <laughs> from the second time it went red for Reagan why is 1988 uh important um that was uh Bush Dukakis was 88 excuse me uh so it went uh red in 88 for Bush but the year before that it was red and I didn't know this till today it was red like every other state in the union minus one. The nineteen eighty four presidential electoral college map is absolutely unbelievable. I wouldn't believe it if it wasn't on a legitimate source. But uh Walter Mondale only won one state, and that was Minnesota. Uh and it gave him oh, and he won the District of Columbia too. So he had thirteen electoral college votes. But of the states he only took one. Don't spend it all in one place. Now, interesting, um, what I chose to do was I wanted to go through and see. I I went back 20 years, I went to 2020, and I made a list of all the states that went red. New Hampshire, Virginia, Indiana, on and on the list goes. Um, I meant to count these. Sorry, hold on. Is it 25, 28, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 30 states went red in the year 2000. And Bush narrowly won, as we just talked about. In 2004, I can't just say I feel like we need Conan. Uh-huh. Right there. In the year 2000. That's right. Uh, in 2004, of the 30 states that were red, one of them went blue. That was New Hampshire. But Bush won that much more handedly which is kind of strange to think about. Uh, 286 over John Kerry's 251. So you had some blues go red, which included Iowa, and as I mentioned, New Mexico. And that was the first time in a while New Mexico went from blue to red. Then you had Barack Obama come along in 2008. And of the 30 states that were red for Bush in 2000, Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, Indiana, Iowa, which had flipped, by the way, blue in 2004 as well. Nebraska, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada had all turned blue by that point. That's 2008. In 2012 for Obama, where he beat Romney 303 to 235, pretty much a bloodbath, Virginia stayed blue, but North Carolina, Florida, and Indiana went red. And they had been blue in 2008 for Obama. Colorado and New Mexico stayed blue as they had been in 2008. Nevada stayed blue as well. Maine and Nebraska, Nebraska in 2008 gave one to Obama. Side note, if you don't know, most states, 48 of the 50, are winner-take-all on their electoral college votes. Two of them, Maine and Nebraska, do what's called an allocate electoral voting system, and that's based on the number of congressional districts. Each district gets one electoral college vote, which is the way it is in all states, but the district gives its electoral college vote to a candidate. So, meaning Nebraska has five uh, congressional districts. In theory, it could have three uh, electoral college votes one way, and two the other, or four and one, however the case may be. But in, say, South Carolina, we have eight. And whoever wins the state's 
um, majority congressional districts gets all eight. Makes sense. Uh, Do you no, care? no. But if you could, if you could get a chalkboard <laughs> out, that'd be better. And and just start scribbling on that. Gotcha. I could probably make sense of it. So here's my whole point. I think you look at you had eight years of Obama. 20, 2008 to 2012. And if you look at the 2012 map, what you saw were states trying to go red. The Obama policies of 2008 turned a lot of people off. They started trying to go red uh, in 2012. Obama crushed McCain, by the way, 365 to 173 in 2008. Obama still crushed Romney. But it's a bit different, 332, which means he lost 33 electoral college votes. Then you have 2016, and the pendulum certainly swung the other way with Trump uh, crushing Hillary Clinton, 306 to 232. That, again, was the first time Pennsylvania had gone red since 1988. I am of the opinion, because of the polling and it being a split decision, it would seem, for Pennsylvania right now, that Trump does win Pennsylvania, I would say he holds on to Florida. North Carolina is your coin toss. If that happens, I don't see how he loses. What about Ohio? Did you mention them? Ohio went for Trump in 2016. I feel like he's got that one locked up this time. I haven't looked. Let's see. Uh, Real Clear Politics says Ohio's a toss-up state. And they will give us a breakdown here momentarily once my computer plays along. 21 votes to be had in Ohio. Um, It's a dead even heat, but it looks like Trump is up ever so slightly. Rasmussen puts him up four points. Uh, Trafalgar group puts him up five points, which... You know, actually, funny enough, my wife pays a bit more attention to this stuff than I do. Uh, that's the the group Trafalgar. You know I picked the wrong person to do a podcast. Yeah, with. she get in here, woman. When she's done with our sandwiches, she'll join us. Um, I, like, I like where this is headed. Uh, she uh, pointed out that this is the gentleman who developed the "How is your neighbor voting?" idea, what I believe they call the Dutch effect. I learned today. Uh, it's was it's what was used to uh, predict a very contentious duck election at one point, and the idea was people don't necessarily want to tell you how they'll vote. So this guy said, "Okay, well, how are your social? You know, how are you going to vote?" They'd give an answer, and how do you feel your neighbor will vote? And that was a truer indicator as to how that person may vote. Uh, so he takes, or it's also a tenor of the populace sure. at large. So he would take all those into account. Well, that speaks to exit polls here in America where mm-hmm. um, overwhelmingly the exit polling numbers, if you accept the narrative from the, the major media outlets in 2016, every vote cast in America was basically for Hillary Clinton. Is that because they're only polling certain people or is yes. that because people come out of the polls and don't necessarily want to tell the truth? Yep, it's a great. It's a great question. I don't know how we'd ever get an answer, right? I don't think you can answer it, but I think that that that's one of those questions you just got to let hang in the air. If you've never seen John Ziegler's Media Malpractice, by the way, there's a great segment in there about exit polling, and he talks about how the media slandered Sarah Palin 
as as bad as they did. Like mm-hmm. she really should have sued and won a bunch of people. But in it, <clears throat> he talks about how, just like you said, the polls look this way going in. The exit polls claim this, but then he sits out there and talks to people. There's a pretty good segment on it. So uh, in Ohio, Trump seems to overwhelmingly be up about five everywhere you look. When you go over to um, Pennsylvania, it's a bit tighter. I would say everything's within margin of error. Um, the RCP average says Biden's up two and a half. Um, I was going to see if they tell us their margin of error, but I don't see A lot that. of these polls seem to be softening in the last couple of days. So for basically this entire cycle, you've had a... Uh, well, what was predicted to be a Biden landslide, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like the Hillary landslide in 2016. And here in the last couple of days, which you didn't have in 2016, you got CBS and some other big, big name media outlets basically coming out and saying, well, Trump could take it. Well, it's only going to take a couple little votes here or there to swing this thing. It's a tight race. But a week ago, it was like, ah, you don't have to, you don't have to worry. Biden's got this thing locked down. Yep. Uh, the Trafalgar group puts Trump up two in Pennsylvania. Susquehanna puts Trump up one. NBC News Marist puts Biden up five. And Monmouth, I don't know if that's how you say it, uh, puts Biden up seven. But he, here's a more realistic way to think about it. You're, you're John Q. Public. Real quick, I mm-hmm. think Monmouth was... One of the ones that actually predicted 2016 accurately. Oh yeah, just just as a side note there. So there's a lot of people saying because they predicted 2016 accurately, and one they were one of Could the very be. few that did. If I remember correctly, they were one of the few that did. There's people saying, well, they got that one so right, they were so on the nose with that that they're probably going to get this one right too. Yeah, and to your point, by the way, if you look at the polling average by month. You can go back to June. Biden was up 1.4. You go to July. So we're in all these lockdowns in coronavirus, right? And Biden goes up six with 100 days out to election. He's up four. And then you get 95 days to election. And Trump's suddenly up 2.3, 3.6. And he continues to gain 75 days out to election. He's at 4.3 up. And then you get 42 days to election. Biden goes up a couple points. 30 days to election. Trump goes up back and forth. It swings, right? But let's just say you're John Q. Public and you're sitting at home and you think to yourself, man, I hate Donald Trump. I hate him so much. Well, why do you hate him? Well, he just seems like a terrible human being. Yeah, he probably is a terrible human being. He does being. mean things. He, he kind of does. He shouldn't talk the way he talks. He should get off of Twitter. He should stay off social media. I've said that the whole time. But... But the economy's good. I mean, it was good. Then we got into election season. It tanked again. Then Biden started leading the polls by double digits, and the economy crashed by 2,000 points over the last week. Now the gap is closing, and today the Dow Jones Industrial Average goes up another 260-something points, right? So they seem to be related. But you're, you're John Q. Public. Maybe you don't think about the markets. Maybe... You just think about wanting to go back to work. Maybe you just think about when is the country going to go back to normal. Again, complete disdain for the idea of the new normal. So you just want to get back to work. You just want life to return to normal. You're tired of being stuck at home. You're tired of every business around you telling you you have to wear a mask to come in because 
the media has brainwashed everyone to believe there's this debilitating disease that is caught by anyone and everyone and is immediately deadly upon the time you get it. Maybe you've started to think Biden sounds like a good idea because I just want somebody fresh in office to carry us through this pandemic. And then you turn the TV on and there's Joe Biden. And he's telling you everything he's going to make better for you and yours. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have bad health care. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know. Like, I couldn't give you an inkling of an idea as to what that man was trying to say, except for the second part. I think he was trying to say health care, but instead he had a seizure. This is where, this is a part of the show where typically I would, I mean, because this is kind of a softball for me to be a smart ass and make some comments. Okay. Sure. I want to be serious for a minute. All right. You feel bad because he, gra- he reminds you of Grand Peppy Joe. No. Who was bedridden and apparently couldn't move to help you put food in your belly. But the minute you had a golden ticket to walk to a chocolate factory, that SOB hopped right out of bed and danced around the room. And you couldn't help but think, whoa, 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 Uncle Joe. Where have you been? We have literally been eating scraps, going hungry. We've been fed gruel for 10 years. But now that you can go see where the lollipops are made, you can suddenly... Dan- you can dance. Guy, you guy can do the moonwalk. Jerk. Is that what you were thinking? That's, Something like that's, that? Yeah, it's very close. But what I was going to say was, I think um, that we should have a moment of prayer for... Joe Biden's sign language interpreter. <laughs> so if we could just be serious for a minute. Okay, thank you. I feel better now because that poor girl, I mean, I don't, like, what is she supposed to do? I would say probably just shrug her shoulders. <laughs> unintelligible. No idea. Yeah, how do you sign how do you sign that? How do you sign unintelligible? That'd be interesting. I wonder if there's video of her and she just shakes her head no. Like, don't know. I have seen many, many videos of her, just not of any of these clips. <laughs> Sud- suddenly those are missing. She just lets her hand go crazy and she falls on the ground. She's like laying there, twitching. What would then- be awesome if she just like gives a look at to the camera like, I can't do this anymore, and just walks off. I'd be done too. So what? Let's talk about what happens either way this goes. They're boarding up windows because they know that if Trump loses, historically speaking, Trump supporters will take the day off work, call in sick, and burn things down and, and steal rage. sneakers. Yes, right. That's what Trump supporters are notorious for doing. I, I, I wouldn't mind having a new TV. How it's not a massive indicator of what America recognizes to be the truth. There's no way around that. I was going to say, this is the true objective feelings of of everyone's collective reality. This is, everybody knows Trump's got a pretty good shot. Yeah. Or we wouldn't be boarding up windows. Yeah. That's the bottom line. I personally think it's going to be another blowout. I don't think Biden has a chance. I think the media has convinced itself that he has a chance. The polls favor Biden. That's great and well, all but, that. So let's, but let's examine it a little bit further. You have Kamala Harris, who polled at like 
mm-hmm. when she was running for the Democratic uh, primary. And she will be president if Joe Biden wins. Absolutely. Because he will die. Yeah. Or. Have or, another brain aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah. He'll either die. He may have had one in one of those clips we were listening to. Could have been. I'm not even joking right now. Yeah. Um. So we, we already. The fix is in for her, right? Mm-hmm. As far as the Democrat Party is concerned. How they came to to pick her outside of she's a woman of color and mm. and this is absolutely the most pandering thing they could come up with. Sure. I, I don't know what the point was, but that but that's what Biden said. Biden said he wanted a woman and preferably a woman of color. He's on record saying right. those things. So you're not off. You're not off base there. That's what they were doing. I, th- I think the problem for him is. You know, the idea of if you say it enough times, you'll finally believe it too, right? Sure. So I think he has said too many times that America is as radical as Harris, that we all really feel the way Bernie Sanders and Kalamala Olive Harris feel about America, that we hate it. We hate its very foundation. We think every fiber of America is uh, seeped in racism and subjugation of the lower class. She has that video Ben Shapiro played today of herself saying everyone deserves equal things. Did you see this? Yeah. It it is 100% the communist manifesto. And she's not shying away from it. She just didn't use the word communism, but she described it pretty eloquently. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Like, you know, she's got her whole uh, idea there of um, equality versus equity, right? Mm-hmm. And is there a difference? And and there is a difference, right? We know that, and we get it. But it, it brings to mind the cliche of you're supposed to have equal opportunity, not equal things. And, well, I'll play it for you. But but it's it's kind of like... Uh, <laughs> you can tell people who either don't have kids or didn't care enough to actually be involved in raising their kids. And I think that's what this ad screams for Kalamala Harris here. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we can get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. And by the way, I, I like think how there's birds chirping in the background and a stream flowing. I think it's worth noting. It's very zen of her. It's very zen. Did you watch the ad? No, I, I only uh, read the text. Okay. It's worth noting, by the way, that this ad culminates with a white person and a black person climbing a mountain. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. No, it doesn't. Equitable treatment doesn't mean we end up at the same place. But these two people, one white, one of color, end up on top of a mountain watching a rising sun. Okay. All right. So 
that should tell you everything you need to know about the, the symbolism involved in this ad. But it's kind of like this. If I were to give my two boys, I don't know about my daughter yet because she's not really old enough to understand money, but I guarantee you if I gave both of my boys $5 tomorrow morning, if I said, here's actually a more perfect example. If I woke my kids up in the morning, my two boys, and I said, you have 20 minutes to get your room clean. And if you clean your room the way it should be cleaned, I'll give you $5. And then I'm going to take you to the store. You buy whatever you want. I know that my oldest son would straighten up his room the way it needs to be straightened up. My younger son (laughs) would find every excuse in the book for why he couldn't clean his room because he couldn't find the one piece that went with the one toy that he then wanted to put away. So I would come back and probably catch number two playing with characters in the corner, having a battle, and I'd say, why didn't you clean your room? And he'd go, well, because I couldn't find Mandalorian's gun, which is our current battle right now. Where, where is he? Where's his gun? So that's what he got for his birthday. And... He'd say, I can't find it, so I couldn't put my toys away, Dad. My oldest son, everything would be straightened up. So I would say to my oldest son, you get $5. Now, that's fair. That's equitable treatment. You both had the exact same opportunity to do the exact same work and earn the exact same dollar amount. Even given the factor that I know my younger son would have more work to do because he's messier, Because he's just like me, okay? I'm a messy guy. My oldest son is a neat freak. He has to have everything in order all the time. So it would be less work for my older son because he's prepared properly. Mm -hmm. More work for my middle son, which he would refuse to do. But let's just pretend for a second that they both did their job, even though I know they wouldn't. If they did... One of the other characteristics about them I could tell you is that my oldest son would go to the store and he would want to see how many things he could buy for his $5. And I would argue he's not likely to spend it all. He'd say, hmm, so this is $2, but that's $7. And I really want the $7 thing, but I'd like the $2 thing. And I could say to him, listen to me. If you get the $2 thing today and save the other three, next time you clean your room and get five more dollars, you'd have eight, you can come back in the $7 thing. He would take me up on that. I know he would, yeah. most likely. But my second son, <laughs> he'd go around and go, well, what's $5? And it wouldn't matter what the thing was as long as it was a $5 thing. Mm-hmm. Although if you found a $5 bag of army men, he'd buy that. If he found, you know, he likes things that go together. Sure. Meaning, if this is a $2 character and this is a $2 character, but they go together, play together, he's going to want that. He's going to spend all of his money because he lives a life where that money will come again, and he, he believes that. But my oldest son somehow has that kind of feeling of, of necessity in a way where Okay, but I have to be able to save it in case I need it in the future. That's human nature. We're all like that. My older brother is much different than I am in his approach to things. Much, much different. Doesn't make him wrong or right. Doesn't make me wrong or right. We're not 
equal in the way we approach life. But he and I had equal opportunities throughout life. Mm -hmm. And to me, by the way, the suggestion, which her ad does by having the black person at the foot of the mountain, fallen down, frustrated with the way the world works, suggests, by the way, that Miss Harris believes black people are incapable of the success she has gotten, that all other people of color are beneath her because there's no way to argue that a woman who was the attorney general of the state of California has children who in any way are not privileged. They are 100% privileged, more privileged than my children because she has political connections my children will never have. So they have a step up above my kids. But in her elitist world, other black people aren't as smart as her. Yeah, They're not as good as I am. And really, as a whole, black people aren't smart enough to have achieved the success I've achieved. That's what she's saying with her ad. And she hopes that minorities see it and agree with it and go, yeah, yeah, I wasn't given those things. But the only person capable of coming to that conclusion is someone who doesn't know what Kamala Harris looks like. Because the minute you see her and you go, wait a second. (laughs) She says she was a a, a black woman growing up in America, although that's debatable. But that's who she says she was. How come she got success? Her, Her entire existence belies her argument. So, all that to say. That's okay if you're a Democrat, though. Isn't isn't that right? Like you, It's like you're allowed to be stupid and still make your way through if you're a Democrat. It's Nobody's going to call you on the carpet over it because you toe the line. You're- I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Brock and I think right. it's a right, right for people to have bad health care. What do you think? I don't want to change the subject too Is that much. Bat Cave Healthcare he says at the end? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure he said Bat Cave Healthcare. Have you ever seen him and Bruce Wayne in the room together? Fantastic point. I mean, what if saying. What if that is what he said, and he's talking about, like, cryotherapy? <laughs> because he saw that somewhere, and he feels like when Bruce Wayne gets in there and it puts his suit on him, he's like, oh, cryotherapy. And then that's what he thinks everybody should have. That could be cool. That, that might be a thing. I I mean, anything's possible when you're speaking gibberish like that. I worry about a world that has Joe Biden as the president. He will either die or become incapacitated through some whatever. This is a guy whose wife has to give him the answer to questions during the interview when he says, we can't take another four years of George, 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 Trump, Trump. Oh, Thank God that the guy that asked the question happened to be named George, by the way. Imagine, here's the guy calling for Batcave Healthcare, and he's going to negotiate peace in the Middle East. This guy's sharp enough to get on the phone. Well, the good news is he won't have to, because Trump's kind of knocking that out of the park right now. Fair point, yeah. Which I don't even know. Uh, you might be able to speak to this, but it sounds to me like Jared Kushner is actually kind of leading the charge on a lot of that. That's racist. You're saying it because he's a Jew. Um. Well, yeah. That's crazy. No, you're, right. you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. I'll tell you what, between what they've done for the state of Israel, on this alone, I could vote for Trump. What he's done for Israel, what he's done for the Middle East, 
but more so in my world, what he's done against trafficking in the United States and the number of traffickers this man has locked up by saying, by the way, we will not cave to pressure from the left to shut down ICE, which is a, a large component of capturing these traffickers. And now we've put countless children back with their families, or at least into proper aftercare programs. I feel like every time we turn around, there's a new news story about 100-plus children rescued right? from some kind of sting operation. Mm-hmm. Homeland Security and ICE are running mm-hmm. to free these children from whatever slavery they're in bondage to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's I think last week in Ohio, it was like 145 kids. Yeah. But it's almost weekly that one of those stories hits. And the, it's never that story with credit due to the Trump administration. Right. It's just ICE or Homeland, you know, found these kids yep. and captured a bunch of bad guys in the process or what have you. Yep. Uh, the piece in the Middle East, you're not really hearing about that a whole lot. But that's pretty big. I mean, that's that's huge for Israel. Um, and bringing – they've brought a lot of different nations in on that. And I, I, I think our – for the first time, as a, a nation, willingness to kind of get out of the Middle East is is probably a big part of that step. And and, and did you see uh, SEAL Team Six grabbed Philip Walton out of Nigeria? Mm-hmm. Yes, American that's been held captive over there. I don't know how long he was uh, he was in captivity, but that's number fifty five. Under Trump, of American hostages overseas rescued, 55. I don't know what the number was under Obama because I didn't hear that many stories about it. All I, all I remember from Obama was lots and lots of drone strikes. Yeah. With collateral damage. Took us into a war in Syria without congressional approval with drone strikes. Yep. He most certainly had American service members killed to further his own political agenda. Brian Terry. Operation Fast and Furious. Obama was a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. I don't think he cared to save American people because, quite frankly, I think he believed they deserved what they got. I mean, you, they have to make stories up. They have to make stories up to show Trump's disrespect to soldiers. Four sources, but we can't say who they were. All you had to do is watch the way Obama behaved towards U.S. service members. And you knew the man had such disdain in his heart for the American soldier. Yes. Uh, When the story came out a while back about some anonymous source saying that Trump said that uh, our service members were morons and suckers and the like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that that story had been around for three or four days. And I had a friend who is very left-leaning make a comment in front of me about, well, they have it on tape. They have it on tape. And I thought, <laughs> what? well, it's been out for almost a week, and I haven't heard that tape yet. So right. what am I missing here? Well, they have it on tape. Who does? Well, they. Okay, who is they? That's what this, the argument kept coming back to. They have it on tape. Well, that tape never surfaced. So to your point, it, it seems like slander is okay because, as we've said before, no one's going to read the retractions. Yeah. So you can say whatever you want as long as you say it's anonymous sources. And then, That's right. 
the, the, the cycle repeats ad nauseum, you know, well, and, 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 and the, the media is never going to give him credit where credit's due when it's so easy to slander him and then just fade into the, into the distance. They know that the retraction will never get the tent, the, the, the retraction will never get the traction hey, yo. of the original sin. Somebody put that on a t-shirt. Yep. And they know that. And so they say whatever they want, knowing they can just retract it later and nobody will care. And the Steele dossier is a fantastic example of the point you just made, right? Like, that's it. It's living, breathing in the sense that here is Hillary Clinton financing a movement that legitimately colluded with Russia to push disinformation about Donald Trump. And nobody cares now that we know that for well, a fact. And, nobody and, cares to talk about it. And to take that one step further with the what's come out with Hunter Biden's laptop, yeah, what we realize now is that's actually more than just something made up out of thin air. It's actually projection. It's actually the Democrats taking the things that were happening amongst those in their party and then projecting that onto Trump. So who was actually taking $3.5 million from some billionaire in Russia that's Putin's best buddy. Yeah. Turns out it was a Democrat. Yep. And the Republicans didn't take a dime. Because if that were true, they'd have hung Trump up by his toes, you know, at the beginning of this year when they when they impeached him. They they would have followed through on that if there was actually anything substantial. She would have had enough Republicans, I think, in the Senate come out and say, Yep, that that, that won't stand. Yeah. Not in our version of America. Mm-hmm. And they and they would have impeached him on that. I firmly believe that. But alas, it wasn't true. <laughs> right? Yeah. So now you got nothing, except you spent a lot of money trying to cover for a bunch of people, and they had to know at some point this was going to come out. Mm-hmm. How long do you think that they thought that this could be swept under the rug? I think the only thing that protects them in this is that they they know not to underestimate the American public's attention span. It's the only thing they got to go on. Yeah. Because most people at this point don't care about steel dossier or whatever. Right. They've already moved on. I, I, I think even the Hunter laptop thing has kind of lost traction. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wondered why that didn't come out weeks ago. And now I think I've figured it out because in the last couple of days, I'm not really hearing anything about it. So I think the timing was very strategic on on the the Trump campaign's part to hold it, wait until we get almost almost to the election, and then drop it. Hmm. So I think that was a very strategic move. Yeah. It's election day. If they had anything else, you think we'd have heard about it by now. Right. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. That that Hunter w- will, it seems, will just walk away scot free from that. Not that big of a deal. Are you surprised? Because I'm not. But you know, yeah, I am a little bit. I I would think there's just so so much meat and so much juice to that story. Nobody ever never. No, I don't. I haven't seen. Trying to think for a second here. I haven't seen anybody. Reference the fact that the guy in the photo with Hunter and his dad, while his dad was vice president, 
as they both, um, as Hunter, uh, the guy's name is slipping my mind. I'm wanting to say Carter. What was his name? Uh, as they both, Hunter and this fellow both sat on the board of Burisma. And then at the same time, we're defrauding the Native American tribe of tens of millions of dollars. And so how that's not a big story, the fact that that guy was gallivanting with Hunter, with the vice president of the United States, while he and Hunter's business interests were being used to defraud a Native American tribe. I haven't seen one major outlet even whisper, whisper about the fact that that was a thing. And that's not me making it up. The, the Indian tribe's own website, they're writing about it. They're suing about it right now. They're asking for help from the Trump administration. The other thing to consider is that the level of corruption going on with the Bidens is kind of hard to wrap your head around. Right. That's fair. And what I mean by that is you have deals going on in China, Ukraine, Russia, Apparently, um, there was a Middle East country that's escaping me. Um, I can't remember what which one it was. Um, and then, obviously, the Native American deal. And the, and these are just the ones that we know about so far. All of those things are pretty big. There's mm-hmm. lots of different things uh, to try to comprehend and, and understand. A lot of them, like you just said, were going on at the same time. So make hay while the sun's up, right? I mean, right. Your, your your daddy's in there at, at in the vice president's seat. You have access. You have people willing to pay you for that access. Mm-hmm. We've seen the emails. The emails are out there where he says as much. Yeah. You want in? You want to talk to the man? Well, then it's yeah. cost you this much. Yeah. So he's doing all those things all at one time, and I think the problem that that creates is there's, there's so many different narratives in this one story that it's hard to actually mm. really take wrap it all in and around. wrap your head around it. Yeah. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot sense. of nuances in there to be unpacked, if you will, yeah. figured out. And so I, I think that the complexity of the story makes people tired of it faster. Yeah. I think the the sex stuff on the laptop obviously gets more attention because of the nature of it. But also, it's fairly cut and dry. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's a drug addict. He's doing all kinds of weird stuff. And and people can, for lack of a better way to put it, they can digest that. But then when you go into all of these weird business dealings and the money flowing back and forth and all over and they're creating shell companies to launder this money through, right? I think it's a lot for, for anybody to sit down and read. I think when Tucker broke the story on it a couple weeks ago, I told you I listened to it, and I was like, man, I got to listen to the whole thing again because I don't really know what just happened. So There's complex. too many pieces to this So puzzle. complex, yeah. Can't really see the whole thing. Um, so I just think there's there's just too much to unpack there, and it just makes it too complicated for the average person to even want to keep up with it and care. I, yeah, and, I, and I, I would say that's 100% true. The overarching theme is Joe Biden seemingly sold access to himself through his son to anyone willing to pay the price. And the fact that communist China was certainly paying that price, the fact that Russia 
was certainly paying that price is troubling, to say the least. Corruption, criminal. Um, And again, that takes you into, well, wait, what are the details? And you would have to explain all that. I can see that being almost too much to bear. Because it, it does read like a Hollywood novel, right? Like, who's going to believe? Okay, so what they did was they convinced this Indian tribe to sell bonds to a company they set up, but they never even really started the company. And then they sold those bonds to investors, but never used the money to back the bonds. They spent it on themselves and then convinced them to sell more bonds. And just what a mess. What a mess. I'd like to see how much money they actually did take in and launder. Just, I guess, to help me try to figure out what do you do with that amount of cash? Yeah. Minimum $50 million. We know at least $50 million yeah. out, of, out of that. Yeah. From one guy. Out Devin that, Archer, by the way. Out of that. His name. Devin Archer. That's not counting the That's just the Indian tribe. From, uh, some Russian billionaire. That's not counting. Yeah. Uh, $20 million from China. Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you... I get that these guys are really great criminals. I understand that. <laughs> right. But where do you put that $50 much money. million? Dollars? I mean, I'm envisioning like Breaking Bad where they have a, a you know, a little rental storage shed with like right. pallets of cash at this point. That sounds I don't know like, what you do with it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So you got a really, really corrupt dude in Joe Biden who I think is, is just much too uh, cognitively disconnected. To even be considered. Very polite, sir. Yeah. He shouldn't even be a consideration. But some people will. And I think it's going to be a tight race. I do think Trump wins because I think he wins Pennsylvania. I hope he wins Florida. It looks like he'll win Michigan. And I'll tell you why I think he wins Michigan. It's because Joe has done everything he can to say, uh, you know, to, to kind of embed himself with the Michigan voters and they're not showing up to his rallies. He's done everything he can in Pennsylvania to claim he's from there, even though, I mean, that was nine years of his life. Then they moved to Delaware. And he can't win Pennsylvania. I mean, it's too close to call. I think Florida goes heavily Trump. There was a story out this morning about the number of Venezuelan and Cuban immigrants that are in Florida, mm -hmm. particularly in the Miami area, and how staunchly they are opposed to communism because those are the people who have actually lived underneath it there you and go. who hear the talking points from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and go, okay, that's exactly what we came here to escape. There you go. Why in the hell would I ever vote for that? Yeah, can't go back to it. Your freedom of religion is dead under Biden administration. He told us that this past week. You will not be allowed to have a religious conscience and run a business under the Biden and Harris administration. There's a lot of reasons to vote against Joe Biden. Um, We could go on and on. But let's talk for a quick minute about the aftermath of the election. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready for that? Businesses are literally boarding up. So let's suppose Trump wins. What do you expect to happen? Are we talking... Violent uprests? Are we talking take it to the suburbs? I think um, I I would say you're probably going to see something on the order of the George Floyd protests. A 
especially right at first. Mm-hmm. I think it's already a coordinated effort. I mean, um, yeah. there's uh, reports of Antifa pages out there where they're telling these guys, hey, rest up because we're going to be busy, mm-hmm. you know, come election night. Yeah. Which to me reads as if they're, their intention is to riot and destroy things regardless of who wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think things, and so I, I, I would say if, if Biden were to win, I think you're going to see some of that. I think it dies out pretty quick though. Um, flip side of the coin is Trump wins. You're going to see George Floyd esque type riots and protests. Um, initially I think it won't peter out as fast. I think that was what surprised me about the George Floyd stuff as it went on is as long as it did. Yeah. Um, I would say probably a, a strong likelihood that the suburbs become affected, especially the suburbs directly outside of major metropolitan areas. Uh, so that that's obviously cause for concern. It'll be interesting to see what happens in D.C. Oh, yeah. Because they'll shut that down pretty quick. You know, they get out of hand down there. It's going to up there, I guess. They'll shut it down pretty quick with the amount of uh, people there that receive protection. Yeah, but I, I think the concern would be uh, California, mm-hmm. uh, uh, particularly L.A., obviously. Um, I think uh, more than likely Seattle, you're going to see some pretty heavy stuff. Chicago is probably another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't— At this point, though, am I too callous to say at this point, Los Angeles, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, name it, you get what you deserve. I mean, you guys, have, you guys have put these people in office who have promised all these derelicts that we'll give you everything you want. We'll give you the 15-hour minimum wage. We'll agree with you that anybody that disagrees with you is a bigot and a racist. We will let you create an autonomous zone. Yeah, exactly. You can take over 15 city blocks or whatever it was. Make it yours. Why do I care if those cities are destroyed? Like what, what? What? What compassion am I supposed to have for the guy who voted for that mayor and that city council? I don't think you're wrong. I now the chickens are coming home to roost. No, not at all. I just, I, I, I'm not concerned for him anymore. So here's, don't care. Here's here's where it does concern me, legitimately. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing now is a mass exodus from places like California due to them mm-hmm. not handling uh, these riots, due to their uh, ridiculous lockdowns um, due to ridiculous amounts of taxes. So you're seeing a mass exodus from places like California to places like, say, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just using us as, a, as an example. Not a lot of Californians moving here, I don't think, but we are getting a lot of people from up north. Right. A lot. Um, who are fleeing those high taxes and, and crazy laws and uh, gun restrictions and all those things. So here's where my... my Fear and concern comes in. Those people move down here, and then what's what's their natural reaction? Yeah. They're going to continue to vote more Democrats in. Right. So then they flee something and then turn it into the same thing that they left. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I'm saying that's my concern. Yeah. So. Hey, here's what I would say to that is, I don't know that you have to be overly concerned. It's right to be concerned. I don't know you have to be overly concerned because I can tell you, I've had conversations recently with friends in swing states who are starting to see that same light. And, and meaning, I had a conversation with a friend last week who 
uh, in recent memory has told me, man, Trump is such a, just an idiot, just an idiot. And then we talk again, and he says, did you vote yet? I said, no, nah, we're going to go day of, we're going to go day of. He said, oh, okay. I said, you? Oh, yeah, I voted, I voted. Plugged my nose and voted. What, plugged your nose and voted? What do you mean? Like, not a big fan of your old boy Biden there? <laughs> no, I didn't vote for Biden. <laughs> Oh, you didn't? Because I know you hate Trump. I hate him, but economy's booming. Need my job. Not sure what's going to happen under Biden. He's talking too much about shutting things down, unionizing, collective bargaining. I was like, there you go. And, and, you know, as stereotypical as this is, you got all sorts of minorities that you run into now, and you talk with them, and they're all pro-Trump. Okay? Trump, Trump, Trump. And my point is that um, I think we're, we're, we're talking about an obvious difference in ideology for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. right? Biden did everything he could to run a fluff campaign. Oh, yeah. But then it turned into, are you going to pack the courts? You'll find out when I'm elected. That sounds like a yes. Hey, uh, Ms. Harris, you are the most radical leftist senator in the U.S. Senate. What's up with that fracking? <laughs> right. Hey, you're going to ban fracking. I never said that. It's on tape. And then within minutes, it's out there and everybody's watching it. That'll lose him, Pennsylvania. That in and of itself. I'm meeting people that are coming here from New York who are legitimately saying I couldn't wait to get out because taxes are so crazy. They're so crazy. And my point is just that I think these people are starting to see the error of the idea, because what it used to be, I think what it used to be was mainly social. So you were socially liberal or you were socially conservative. You supported gay marriage or you were opposed to gay marriage. Um, You know, if you go back a couple of generations, uh, you were, you know, um, you were opposed to the idea of homosexuality in and of itself. And even the mention of it would make you cringe. Right. Uh, and nowadays it's a little more commonplace. And so it was kind of this social acceptance ideology, if that makes sense. Whereas now... Well, that's settled. That's settled. That's law. It's okay. So you can't run on that anymore. Can't do it. Right. And now the idea of complete redistribution of all of my efforts into your pockets, and everybody starts to go, hmm... Well, if the social issues are settled, what's left? Right. Typically, I would say the economy. Yeah. So if we start talking about that and and the left wants to bring in socialistic tendencies or communism flat out, like Harris did this week, then that's what they have left to run on. Equal things, man. Just think about that. Equal things. I think it was Thomas Sowell who said, what exactly is your fair share of what I've earned? paraphrasing that's a powerful thing to think about powerful thing to think about because the problem with any of these universal things specifically healthcare, is universal healthcare becomes an enslavement to the practitioner right somebody else's knowledge somebody else's work and it's owed you for free what makes that person a slave oh no they'll get paid by the state yeah but they're forced to do it for free on your end that's not right it's not right. That person should be able to name their price. And you, by the way, 
should be able to decide among them and many, many, many other people, including in states next years. You shouldn't be confined to the state in which you live. Anyway. All right. So Trump wins. I think we see some unrest for a few days. Biden wins. We all lose our jobs. Yes, that's a fact. Pretty much the way it's going to go. Let me, I want to go back for a second to my thought about the suburbs. All right. And the factor that maybe we haven't considered. Okay. Suburbs are packed with gun owners. Yes. I would say the majority of your gun owners are concentrated in suburban areas Mm. um, due to population density and lack of stringent gun laws that you have in inner city areas. Right. So mm-hmm. obviously rural folks are going to have a fair amount of firearms, but you don't have as many people. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think where your Antifas and the like are going to run into a problem is when they start running around f- relatively affluent neighborhoods all the way down to, I would even say, lower middle class um, because those are the people who aren't going to put up with it. And if you come beating on their door or whatever, I have a feeling there will be violence. Sure. I think their violence will be met with an equal reaction. Yeah, and especially if it starts to feel like all bets are off. I got to tell you, let's back up to the windstorm that we talked about at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That's, that storm cut power out to, I believe it was somewhere around 60,000 people in the upstate of South Carolina. Yeah, that's about right. Okay. Well, that's... In our county, right? Not in the upstate. Oh, okay. That's just our in county. In Greenville County. Okay. Wow. So in my particular instance, we had several, almost every traffic light within several miles was out. The Ingles we go to was closed, no power. The Publix, that is our backup op- option, which I've talked about, was our primary option until they went mask crazy. Which, which, by the way, they've relented on. Oh, yeah. Everybody's relenting on the masks, which is good. I hope it's because they're seeing the hit on their pocketbook. Masks uh, aside, Publix is our backup option. They are closed, no power. We decide we'll take the 15-minute ride to the town next to us, and we'll go through the uh, drive-thru up there and find something to eat. Everything is closed. Power's out. There's a Walmart right next to that. And since our Walmart was closed and had said as much because the power was out, we tried that one. Closed because the power was out. There is another Ingalls in that town. Drove over to it. Closed. No power. All the red lights are down. Everything's supposed to be a four-way stop. People aren't stopping. You're basically having to maneuver your way through... um, Pretty hairy situations at a time. Um, The first day the power was down was a Thursday, which meant drum lessons for my son. We had to navigate our way over there, and it was much more difficult than it ever should have been. And I'm telling you, within the first 12 hours, I realized that if it goes south, and it goes south real bad to any sort of degree like that, where I had... I had about a four-hour experience wondering where our next meal would come from and realized real quick how fast it would get really, really bad. Really, really bad. Because the partisan politics are going to end where your family begins. 
So, yeah. so the minute somebody comes around, they could have voted for Trump. I could have voted for Trump. They could have voted for Biden. I could have voted for Biden. Won't matter. But the minute they come around and act in any way antagonistic towards my family, it's on. It's on. Because, you know, you're in kind of a lawless scenario at that point. America is not prepared for that. America doesn't want that. But my bigger point is just that that felt to me a little bit like a dry run, if you will. Not that I think anything was on purpose. I just mean it in the sense of that was a taste of how bad it could really, really be. And so we went from a, uh, from a Wednesday midnight power outage to a Monday 3 o'clock in the afternoon powers back on. And I can tell you now that the, the last thing we want is any disruption toward that, which means a couple of things. It just means we're going to hesitate to in any way be um, confrontational with people. But also, if it did turn into that where it seems dire and desperate and then Antifa wants to come into the neighborhoods, I think they would finally understand that people who feel like their back is already against a wall are going to blow everything out of the way they got to blow out of the way to get where they're going. Makes sense. Oh, Meaning... Yeah. Meaning, you know, okay, if I know that I've got a fridge that's stocked with three or four days worth of food, and after that we don't know what we're doing, and you come down my street and you start throwing things through the window, I know, let me tell you one other quick instance. We've got the tree, and the tree falls on the transformer uh, across our backyard. It's not my backyard, but there's power lines that run through our backyard and kind of in between houses right so between me and my back door neighbors i'd call them just power lines and a huge tree fell on those power lines that's why we've been without power and those knuckleheads at the power company wouldn't do anything about it so they have to go through their regulations and whatever protocols in place to get the right person to cut that tree because it's touching power lines fine but we're talking five days here so to me had i known that on day three i'd have chopped the tree up I don't care. I'll go get a chainsaw. I will chop that tree up so that they can come and kick it out of the way and do what they have to do, right? If that's what it takes. And my point here is, there, I think there will reach a point, if it all goes haywire like that, um, quicker than Antifa or any sort of agitators would like to find out that, that people aren't going to, you know, if the police aren't responding, if, if, if the security is now left up to the people, it'd be a much different scenario for them. As we've talked about before, they benefit from the fact that they can go out and spit and yell at police because oh, yeah. there's a system Those in place that rules prevents... Rules of engagement, right? Right, exactly. And so there's a preventative measure in place where police are not allowed to respond in kind to Antifa. But once that's out of the way, I mean, I don't think they're going to like what happens. But I don't, I don't think it gets to that. I just think, I mean, maybe. Maybe it does. I think that would that in what's crazy is that's the likely scenario of Trump wins. And really if Biden wins, the economy will tank. People will be very sad. People will quickly be out of work. Supply chains are already really low, really hard. And fragile. And yeah. And then and then Biden comes swooping in saying collective bargaining and all this garbage he's gonna try and implement by mandate. Well, I remember what happened in the stock market when Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. Went through the roof, right? That's right. I mean, I, I expect it to at least maintain if he's reelected. Uh, but if if Biden gets in, I have a feeling it just bottoms out mm-hmm. because of the 
the threats he's already made to lock the economy down. That's not going to instill any confidence in, in any anybody in the markets. It's going to be wild. So hold on to your hats. Let us know your predictions. FeltRecoilShow.com. You can find all the links to all of our social media. I would love to hear what you're thinking, what your plan is. You don't have to be too detailed. It's uh, wiser to not be, uh, but would love to think, uh, to hear what you're thinking happens. Okay. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least quickly uh, touch on the terrorist attack in Vienna. It looks like the Mormons are at it again. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I misread. It's another M word that nobody likes to use. Uh, according to TheGuardian.com, Vienna terror attack it has left uh, three dead, including one of two suspects in Austria shootings. Uh, Joe Biden Capitalized, said after tonight's horrific terrorist attacks in Vienna, Austria, Jill and I are keeping the victims and their families in our prayers. And here's the kicker. We must all stand united against hate and violence. This is a guy, by the way. Fire shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Fire shotgun. But this is the guy, by the way. Hate and violence. Who has continually demeaned people who disagree with him. Challenged a guy to a fist fight. Told him they could take it outside. Called another guy fat. Challenged that guy to push Challenged him to a push-up contest. Exactly. President Trump says, Our prayers are with the people of Vienna after yet another vile act of terrorism in Europe. These evil attacks against innocent people must stop. The U.S. stands with Austria, France, and all of Europe in the fight against terrorists, including radical Islamic terrorists. So at least one person's calling it for what it is. Um... This is really, I mean, they're still going back and forth. But as of, uh, well, I mean, they're still updating the story. But as of 44 minutes ago, here's what we know so far. Three people have died in Vienna attacks, including two civilians and one of the attackers. At least one gunman remained on the run at 1 a.m. local time in Vienna. The Interior Minister, Carl Niehammer, said he warned the assailants were heavily armed and dangerous and urged the public to stay indoors until the all-clear was given. Fifteen people were injured and taken to hospital after the attack began shortly after 8 p.m. local time on Monday. The attacks began with volleys of gunfire, and the injury and death tolls are expected to rise. The dead attacker is uh, believed to have been shot outside St. Rupert's, uh, Rupert's Church, and some early reports suggested he was wearing an explosive belt. The uh, police have not confirmed that. The assaults by an unknown number of shooters carrying long firearms occurred at six locations across and near to the Austrian capital. The Austrian chancellor has described the assaults as definitely being a terror attack. Why didn't if if we know that? Why did Joe Biden not call it what it is? Like why is he acting like this is standard fare? public service announcement about gun violence in America after tonight's horrific terrorist attack. Okay, they call it a terrorist attack. I I stand corrected. Uh, here's it's what... still surprising, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. Here's what I want more of out of these people. They all, you know, we get online, it's easy to go, oh, man, let's stand against violence. How, Joe? What would you do? The guy, by the way, the guy who said no to killing bin Laden, who's on tape is saying he wouldn't have taken the chance to kill the world's deadliest terrorist at the time, who was on tape saying the killing of Salamani was a bad idea. What would you do to stop violence, Joe? Because there's really only one way to stop violence. Violence. Right. And disproportionate violence. 
A rage and an anger that outweighs the rage and anger of the people trying to hurt you. It just highlights that typical hollow politician answer to everything. Yeah. Idiotic, I think, is the word you were looking for. Or that, yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. So I hope that what happens here is that Austria grows a pair and says, much like must, much like much of Europe is doing, and saying the mass immigration is over, we're going to vet these people because there is a segment of Islam that is fundamental, at its core, pledges allegiance to the life of Muhammad, wants to replicate the deadly way he lived his life, ergo cannot be allowed to coexist in modern culture, and then they can snuff it out. And by the way, they can do that by killing these people if they have to. There's no ev- there's no reason to let evil exist in the world. You don't have to let it fester and grow. You just snuff it out. Well, with a J dam if you need to. I was going to say I think Trump has proven that with ISIS for the most part, right? Um all right, keep your eye on the election and oh yeah, yeah, wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. The 100 Club. Uh, Kalamala Olive Harris is our vote of the week for the ad we played earlier. Anybody openly advocating uh, for communism in the United States is a moron who needs a history lesson and really deserves nothing but ridicule and uh, uh, to be tarred and feathered and, and thrown out of town. Figuratively speaking, of course. I have nothing to add to that. That woman needs help. That was a home run, sir. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give you a number on the Electoral College map. I didn't do that much homework on it. But just for fun, let's say... I'm going to say Trump takes it. 300 Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say 317. Trump wins 317. I'm going prices right rules 318. <laughs> All right. Oh, now you got there. You're not looking at the map. Um I'm going to say picks up New Mexico goes red again. And then I think he'll take Nevada back. Because I think those people are tired of COVID killing them. Literally, and not like killing them like people are dying, but because their governor has shut it down so hard, I think uh, businesses are, are really feeling the effects. Yeah, 317 Trump. Yeah, I like it. I hope I'm right. We'll see you next week for more of the Felt Recall Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word to your friends, and thank you for leaving a review wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you'll just give us a thumbs up, make sure you subscribe, leave a review. That does help. Other people can find us because you were willing to do that. That'd be great. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.